0: Welcome to Mill Resource Radio, where we highlight military and veteran support organizations. Hear directly from organization leaders and those who've benefited from their services. Thousands of organizations exist, but if you don't know about them, how do you seek their help? Join us for discovery, access, and knowledge about effective military and veteran organizations, sharing their missions and accomplishments directly with you. And now here are your hosts, Linda Crater and Les Davis. Welcome. This is Linda Crater, and I'm here today with my terrific co-host, Les Davis. Les, welcome.
1: Hey, thank you for inviting me to this, uh, uh, this segment, Linda. This is going to be a fantastic show. Looking forward to learning more about Restoration Ranch.
0: So am I. Uh, Restoration Ranch is just such a wonderful concept. That is doing great things, and that's one of the reasons we're asked to we asked to talk to them today. We are visiting today with Beth Rand, who is the co-founder and executive director, and Derek Knapp, who is a horseman, a fifth-generation rancher, and the driving force behind the Vets VETS Development Program at Restoration Ranch. I would like to welcome both Beth and Derek to our show today. Hi, thanks for having us.
2: Thanks for having us. Appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, I just, I I really feel strongly that equine therapy, rescuing horses and supporting people is a very valorous goal. And I think our listeners need to know more about it. So Beth, we'll start with you. What is the evolution of Restoration Ranch?
2: (laughs) Well, that's... uh... As she laughs. laughs. Uh, we've actually been offering a program for veterans for the last five years. We've been uh, working with um, rescue horses to rehabilitate them in a holistic way for the past six years. Um, but the genesis for all of this was having a group of veterans um Who wanted to get involved and learn more about the horses and uh, how we rehabilitate them so uh, ever since 2013 we've been bringing in groups of veterans to um, learn more about how to work with the horse horses um, how we uh, rehabilitate them from a holistic standpoint and it's been it was a program for about 3 years and so the evolution happened really in a big way at the beginning of 2016 when we purchased Restoration Ranch which is a 22 acre uh horse ranch in rural Bastrop county uh and so now we have a home for our veterans to come it's open pretty much, you know, every single day of the week. And uh, it's a place where they can come not only experience the wonderful joy of working with the horses, but also this beautiful rural environment um, where, you know, there's even more activities from the standpoint of, you know, agricultural development to, um, uh, you know, holistic um Treatments and things like that that you know we make available to them as well. So it's really become a equine learning center for uh, veterans. So that's kind of the evolution. The having the ranch home has really skyrocketed um, our program um, beyond um, you know beyond just a, a one-off workshop or a um, Uh, you know, or or a series of coursework to really a community where veterans gather and uh, can be with each other and can be with the horses and
0: learn and grow together. You know, one of the things that I've always found fascinating about horses, and the more you study horses and the way they communicate and empathize and intuit with people Derek, I think that you know this from being a fifth-generation rancher and horseman. You're former Airborne, and you put together the fact that horses and veterans really do help one another in in a very nice, holistic way. Talk more about that, would you?
3: Well, I think some of the the common ground that not only horses have innately and that a combat veteran has innately is the fact that they're both very spatially aware. You know, Mm -hmm. a horse has to be spatially aware of its surroundings, it has to evaluate things for its own safety, for its, you know, the safety of its herd, um, to protect itself from, you know, predators. And so it's very similar to what a combat veteran has experienced in, you know, in combat or in theater, Mm -hmm. where their senses are heightened for a very long amount of time. And so they will always have that ability that's just a little bit different than what you would say is a civilian. So... They're able to tune in and connect with the horse because they have that commonality of they're always aware of their surroundings. And so they automatically are able to kind of um, utilize that parallel and find a common ground to connect. Unlike other species, there's just an intuitiveness that a horse has to help, um, you know, the veterans kind of cope with some of the things that they're going on with. Because for the most part, horses are a very cerebral creature. And they have a lot going on and on the outside they may just look like they're standing there or they're maybe just kind of looking around, but in their mind there's a lot going on. And, you know, thoughts is very similar for a combat veteran um as they go through their day to day lives after their transition from military
1: service. Hey Derek, I, I yeah what is um like as I I was reading your background. You got a very interesting background. Would you mind uh, sharing your background and then letting us know how you got involved?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um so I intermilitary uh, service, you know, about well, it's been almost 15 years ago now. And uh, initially was an enlisted combat arms guy, and then during that service, I had some very good mentors that told me that I had the, you know, um, basic leadership qualities that I should maybe consider, you know, becoming a, you know, an officer and. At the time, being an enlisted guy, there's kind of a you know a rivalry there where it's like, oh, I don't want to, I want to work for a living. I don't want to be an officer, but certainly, I started to, uh, I started to uh, think um, about it and talk to my folks about it, and I had an opportunity to be able to leave active duty and, and come and uh, get my commission uh, from Texas a which I ended up doing, and came back in as an infantry officer, and then served the rest of my time. Um, as platoon leader and executive officer and, um, you know, team leaders and things like that. And, uh, went through Ranger school and airborne and all those really cool high speed schools as we call them. And, um, had a, just a, a fantastic time and had the honor and privilege of leading some, um, great, great sons of this country in some very kinetic and very volatile areas in Afghanistan. And, um, during that time period, my, my last, deployment i just kind of you know with i had a, a couple of well, both my grandparents on my dad's side passed away within about a month of each other and i was mm-hmm. in theater and there was no way for me to come home and miss my brother's college graduation and it was just time in my mind i had done everything that i wanted to do and had had an, an incredible career up until that point but i was just ready to come home and i missed texas and i and then looking back on it now i knew i had a calling to come back and do something else and, and serve in a different way and so I left active duty service in uh, August of 2013, started a corporate job in uh, Austin, Texas. And during that time, and um, I'd probably only been back in the States four or five months I um, found out about the um, program that Beth was piloting called uh, veterans equine therapy services at the time. And um, it was almost an instant connection between Beth mm-hmm. and I. And from there, you could kind of say the rest was history. And, and from that time to now we have just skyrocketed and, you know what we're doing and, and what we're um, being able to offer. And I had the privilege of having horses in my life, um, pretty much my whole lifetime. I mean, my middle name is Colt, so it's in our blood. <laughs> and uh, so I knew what horses could do, how they could help you, how if you just sometimes were quiet and let them do all the talking, that you could learn a lot about yourself and, and about how to cope with life and be resilient and not take things personal all the time. And uh, so I wanted to merge the two and. That's really the genesis of what the program has become now and all the different type of equine-assisted therapies that we can offer in the education center that we've just remodeled and built that really can provide people the opportunity to not only learn about themselves but learn about how to kind of get out of their own mind, out of their own heads and connecting with the horse and letting them give them the time and that time out to just get a little bit of relief if that's what they're dealing with. Some people may just want to get involved because they've lost that sense of duty, that sense of purpose, mm-hmm. and being some, you know, a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And this format and this opportunity that we have here at the ranch provides that. It has a sense of community. It has a gathering place, and people can come out and really enjoy not only um, spending time with the horses, but they also get time to serve with, you know, with other people that know exactly what they've been through, where they've been, and the other part of it too that we offer, which is unlike. Uh, most other organizations is that we help the family members as well we don't just help the veteran so sometimes we may the veteran may be hesitant you know as we all are you know the, the fear of the unknown trying something new but their daughter or their son or their wife or husband or whatever come out and they have a fantastic time and then that renews a kind of a spark or they all have something that they can talk about and some common ground and the dinner table is You know, it's full of laughter and conversation about how much fun they're having out here. And we have numerous examples of that. So it doesn't have to just be from the clinical aspect of it. It can just be from the other part of the sense of family and sense of community that we offer as well. So
0: I think that's beautifully said, because I think that when you think of uh, call it therapy, uh, call it therapy of any type, it's clinical. What you're talking about is adding hope and Mm -hmm. joy and engagement and communication back in because don't you think that's sometimes stunted after years and years of service and feeling disconnected from the rest of the united states
3: well i think there's there's kind of two parts to that one of it is you know you go through these experiences and they're all unique so mm-hmm. 10 people could experience the same thing and they would all comp- you know compartmentalize experience remember certain aspects that another person doesn't so there there's Things that you, um, you can't really articulate why one person suffers with this situation and another person walks right through it and they go, that really didn't bother me for whatever mm-hmm. reason.
2: Mm-hmm. So there
3: has to be some type of clinical aspect to it sometimes to get at the root of what's going on there. And so there are aspects of a, of a kind of a clinical or what like we call equine assisted therapy where we're mm-hmm. using the horses, the conduit to kind of get through certain things. But there are other parts of it where we're tired of being asked how you feel. And tired mm-hmm. of being told, if you feel this way, maybe you should be on this medication or maybe you should go talk to this person. And you get tired of kind of always being kicked around, kicking the can down the road. And what you really want is just some relief. So sometimes just the immediate coming here and, and having that is, you know, is, is a relief in its own right.
0: You know, it's, it's beautifully said. We're coming up on a break, but I think mm-hmm. that you've given a wonderful segue into the next segment, which we'd like to learn more about the VETS program and hear how you make all that come together and work. Sure. Going on a short break, there, we come right back because Derek and Beth have much more to share with us about Restoration Ranch. We're Mill Resource Radio, and we'll be back after these short messages. Are you a family caregiver in the military community? Join us on VeteranCaregiver.com. In the military and veteran community, there are 5.5 million caregivers of our nation's injured, ill, and wounded. Whether your family member served in World War II or in the most recent Iraq and Afghanistan conflict, There are unique needs of military and veteran caregivers. Navigating any medical system takes skill and help in obtaining good care. Veteran Caregiver has access to a rich network of advocates and organizations to assist you. Find excellent resources, short informative videos, an active Facebook community, and empathetic support. Veteran Caregiver supports those from every service branch and those who served in any conflict. Need information on sandwich caregiving? EFMP or aging issues, VeteranCaregiver.com provides information and community to those managing busy lives with compassionate care. That's VeteranCaregiver.com. Support for those who care. We're continuing our discussion with Derek Knapp and Beth Rand of Restoration Ranch. And I was wrong in what I explained as the VETS program. It's now called the Equine Partnership Program. And I'd love to know, either one of you, which would you like to take it? How did that program develop and come about? Um, More laughter. Okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the Equine Partnership Program, we offered a number of different formats. And in terms of how it came about, uh, it came about by having these um, fabulous uh, professional horsemen want to get involved with our organization. And initially, um, a gentleman by the name of Mike Beck, who is a um, world-renowned horseman and musician, um helped us with the program, and then Michael Richardson took over a couple of years later um, facilitating the program. So it really has its roots in natural horsemanship, learning the principles that Tom Dorrance, Bill Dorrance, and Ray Hunt, the Trinity of horsemen, um, really kind of began um, many, many years ago on how to work with a horse, not in a... um, training standpoint or in a forceful standpoint but in a partnership really um having the horse understand what it is you want them to do and they want to you know they want to learn and they want to do it so you just have to break it down and explain it in a way that they can get it and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful way of working with the horses and so that was the genesis of the program and then since we've been to restoration ranch obviously we can't have um, you know uh, michael comes in he's available to the ranch a couple of times um, every month er, you know a couple of weeks out of every month Um, but yet the ranch continues to offer workshops for military caregivers where we'll have groups of um, military caregivers or women veterans Who've suffered um, various traumas during their military careers will come in. So we're able to offer more group um, where we integrate a lot of the holistic healing. Um, that we use on the horses, like equine massage therapy and aromatherapy and homeopathic remedies, all of which have human equivalents that um, you can go get a chiropractic treatment yourself or an osteopathic treatment and it will help you. Oftentimes, we'll have um, human uh, practitioners there as well who can do cranial sacral massage therapy on the veterans that come or just um, equine the NADA therapy from um, a chiropractor, I'm sorry, from an acupuncturist uh, that helps reduce stress. So we demonstrate the holistic effects of, of just natural treatments as opposed as an alternative to drug therapy. And just being with their comrades, being in a natural environment Gives them that welcome mental break. So, our Equine Partnership Program has really evolved from just, you know, strictly a horsemanship program Mm -hmm. to more group workshops, more community events, more, um, you know, focus on alternative therapies that are available to both veterans and horses.
1: Boy, that sounds like a so much better of an approach than uh, a lot of a lot of things we see at VA. In the the last segment we were talking about the as veterans would come to, to come to the the ranch is an automatic connection you know they it is something that you see that they they just come together i seen the same thing working with student veterans derek they just seem to we just seem to i don't know attract to each other you know it's almost you know we always right. say brotherhood sisterhood that's right that's right and and do you do you find this when they get together in then the learning world? When, when you're teaching them about the horses or you're teaching them you know, the other things, it, it's an easier thing, or, and the therapy then is much better?
3: I think that there's a little, two things. To kind of go back to the what we talked about, kind of where we started this with Mike Beck and all of these really fantastic horsemen who have spent really their lives dedicated to learning more about the horse to have them be a much more effective partner is really the two things that you really – try to do when you're working with a young horse or a a horse that's troubled as we call it maybe it's a horse who's (laughs) been through abuse or whatever it may be is we never try to violate their trust or their confidence Mm -hmm. and we really always whatever we're doing to work with them we're always trying to build those two things up so we really you know have the same concept when we bring by you know our veterans out here first off we want to give them a, a you know a platform or a place where they feel like they're safe that they can they can come here and they whatever they want to talk about or discuss is it's, you know it stays here and it's confidential and also we want to do things to empower them. So a lot of what we do initially is have them do what's called um, you know groundwork um, where we work at liberty, where the horse isn't uh, doesn't have a halter or lead rope or anything on it and they just go in the round pen and we work with them to connect. And it's amazing what you can do with a horse when there's a partnership and a connection there that mm-hmm. makes these veterans just feel very empowered and the connection in these horses here. Are um, incredible in their own right because they know their job, and their job is, is to help those who are struggling. And so some of them will, will get in the round pin and they'll kind of hold their head low like they're unsure of what they're doing, and they're kind of waiting for the, the human to get it. Mm-hmm. And then when the human gets it, all of a sudden they, they kind of turn it on, and it's just a really wonderful thing to see. And so that's really the premise of this is to start off with those building blocks um, and the trust and the confidence, and then we go from there. But for me, it's easy because I've been on both ends. I know what it's like to work with the horse. You know, when I was younger, kind of got thrown in and said, you need to figure it out. And that's not always the the best way of doing things. So I always told myself, if I ever had an opportunity to show people, whether it was a training environment in the military or, you know, working with horses, is that I would explain things in a way that made sense. And so I think with having my combat experience, I can articulate things in a way that resonates with, with our veterans. Um, it makes it a lot easier for them to grasp what they're trying to do and how the horse thinks.
0: One so. of the things I absolutely love is that horses are such authentic animals. They. We'll show you how they feel. They are authentic, they are empathetic, they are connectors, they are herd animals, and -hmm. they have a huge presence. And I know from talking with many vets who have really been helped by this type of therapy, that even someone who is deeply troubled and stands Mm -hmm. next to a horse who leans against them or understands them or nuzzles them Mm -hmm. or as you said holds their head down and then turns it on. um, There is an enormous connection that may have been missing in that veteran's life. Mm -hmm. And when it comes back, you have a slow building of trust again. They're Mm -hmm. unique animals in this ability to really um, make a difference with the engagement. And what families have told me is that when the vet is helped. The family is also helped. Mm -hmm. So by you're all helping not only the veteran and getting them back on their feet and perhaps communicating and engaging with their family as part of therapy or part of a VA program that is augmented, it really helps the family too. But then when you help the family as well, you are multiplying and leveraging the good that you're doing. Talk about that.
3: Well, I would have to say, I I tell my friends this all the time, that if politicians were more like horses, we'd probably be in a (laughs) lot better situation because they always shoot straight. And um, the thing about them that is is incredible is they really are. There's, you know, people use it all the time, but it's a great um, description is that they really are a mirror to your soul. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we we struggle with that because they're telling you there's something within you that you need to work on and address before they're willing to connect with you or work with you. And so it has a certain level of accountability that is very, very, um, you know, special because it's not a person telling you, "Hey, you got problems, or what's wrong with you, or you need to deal with this." They just are there, sometimes standing there, saying, "Until you deal with this, we're not going anywhere." And it allows you to do, you know, either let something go or acknowledge it or whatever it may be. And then in that moment where you you're able to do that, all of a sudden there's this conduit, there's this communication that's open with you and the horse that can only happen between you and that animal no one else can 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 help you with that and uh so by doing that it does allow them to deal with things but then they can go and have a mindset or to have a tremendous weight off their shoulder or whatever it may be and then go be around their family and their family see that dynamic change and Mm -hmm. them seeing that openness or or whatever it may be that's been causing a rift between the family for the for the most part when we have family members or we have military members who come here and they've got some stripe within the family, you know, majority of the time when they spend some time out there, all of a sudden you start to see that the, the family's connecting and they're smiling and they're happier. And there's just this, there's this almost like that, you know, 800 pound gorilla in the room is no longer there, or maybe he's only 400 pounds and then he gets mm-hmm. to 200 pounds and eventually but he just dissipates, and um, those are the things and opportunities that the horse provides for you. And I really, I've never worked with elephants, so I can't speak <laughs> about that. But there's something in them that it just has. You have to have intrinsic. a bigger ranch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, That's the next phase. We haven't told you about that yet. But uh, there's something intrinsic in a horse that's been there for for eons that is just innately a quality that when you look in their eyes, you see something that is so wise and. We've kind of done a disservice as a culture to kind of make them a beast of burden, which they really aren't. They're incredibly intelligent, and they always get normally what you're trying to do much quicker than you do. So, um, you know, once you kind of open yourself up to that, you're opening yourself to a world of really some really incredible unique experiences. Les? Yeah, I will tell
0: you.
1: Derek, this is uh, this is an incredible area. Have have you done any outreach? I know there's there's you know there's uh, there's close military bases, or National Guard and Reserve centers close to you. Do you, you do any yes. outreach to attract yeah, people? We that? we do.
3: That's part of uh, part of one of my many jobs is is actually doing the outreach. So we actually have um, built some rapport with the um, the VA with the University of Texas, with Texas State, which Texas State actually has the highest percentage of veterans of any major university. I think Mm -hmm. it's anywhere between, you know, 15 to 2,000 in any given semester. So uh, we actually work hand in hand with their Veteran Alliance and their Tutor Corps, um, which specializes in tutoring veterans by veterans. And we have a really high volume of our participants that come from there. It's a beautiful partnership. A lot of these guys are coming right out of their active duty service coming right into college a lot of them are a little bit older because their military service you know preceded their um their college um you know experience so to speak and uh so they this is a great thing for them to help transition for them to help to deal with some things to getting back into what it really is to kind of be a service member who's now a civilian but you know trying to find your identity and uh, or, you know, some of these guys are doing the college thing, but aren't quite sure where they want to end up or what they want to do. And we have some of those individuals that have been a part of the Texas State program who are now integrated with us who want to come back and be um, counselors who are doing their social I'm sorry, work degrees Derek, and things. We've yeah. got to go
0: on a break and we'll be right. right back. You can continue. Sounds good. We're Mill Resource Radio, and we'll be back after these short messages. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new healthier perspectives you provide a special spark to those around you and you manage many roles entrepreneur mom wife coach friend daughter and more here's a great way to inspire and nurture you I'm wise Health for women radio host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life if not today then when take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on iTunes and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com Helping women thrive. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Beth Rand and Derek Knapp of the Restoration Ranch Program. And we, I think that there's a misconception about uh, horse programs, that they may be riding programs. They may be, you know, just come out to nature. But much more than that. Can you explain, Beth, we'll go to you first. Can you explain the many ways in which there are aspects of these programs offered by Restoration Ranch to help restore and build hope and trust again? Sure.
2: Um, yeah, I think that people um, underestimate what it really takes to ride a horse in partnership and have that trusting relationship. And so we really focus on the groundwork um, to establish that trust. It doesn't mean that no one will ever have the chance to ride, but that's not really the focus of our program. Um, And once people do get horseback, they often, as adults, if they haven't ridden as children or if they don't have um, a strong riding background, they don't understand, you know, it's not like just getting on a motorcycle and going for a ride or getting in a car. Uh, you know there's there's two uh <laughs> entities involved in in that and the horse you know it you know they have to really be tuned into you um you know to want to go um work together in that mm-hmm. way so we really focus um on establishing that relationship on the ground and there's all kinds of fun things you can do that are so cool uh with the horses without ever getting on their back from You know, obstacle challenges to, um, you know, to, you know, just, you know, going and doing stuff together, you know, going for a walk together, um, all of that. But the really cool thing about what we offer is once our uh, participants, whether it's the veteran or if it's one of their family members, once they kind of get into the groove at the ranch, we have events where we bring in other. Um, community organizations. We do a lot of work with foster children, disadvantaged youth, things like that. So our program really gives the veterans and their families an opportunity to pay it forward and give back to the community at large by showing um, other kids that come in, you know, what we do here. And it really becomes their own home and their, you know, kind of, you know, they become hosts for the day to to open the eyes of of some children that would never have this opportunity otherwise to really understand, you know, what the, what the ranch is all about. So, um, so there's a lot more to it than just um, a riding experience.
1: So with that, it's, it's say a, you know, somebody comes in and they, they go through your program there and do you encourage them to go out to their communities and, and teach what they've been taught at, at Restoration Ranch? you know, be mentored within their
3: community? What we start off with first is once the participants have kind of found where they want to fit into the program, um, typically what we'll do is we'll have a coaching coaching class or a workshop, um, normally, you know, twice a year in the spring and then in the fall. And sometimes if we have enough participants um, in the summer as well, once we get that coaching crew spun up to where we have the same terminology, we're doing all the same things, we're teaching the same type of, Ways to to be safe around the horse and work with the horse, then we allow them to take much more of a um, role in working with the new participants as they come in. So we have kind of different phases where people are coming in and learning about the horses, and then we have people who've been here, you know, around a year or so that they've kind of found where that what they really want to do, whether it's to really work with horses and to become. Better at the horsemanship thing, which typically, you know, that takes a long time. And so they mm-hmm. typically come out on their own time and do that. Then we have people who really want to just integrate with the veterans. They want to, you know, be here as, as a volunteer or be here for our events or come and help with the grounds or things like that. So we then turn that around and then we do outreach events at the colleges or for festivals because in Austin we've always got some type of festival or live music going on. So we, they will come out and they'll be part of our outreach ambassadors. And then we've got a miniature horse by the name of Nicholas, who is in his own way uh, a juggernaut of happiness,
0: and um,
3: he just you all know, need to, to go to the Facebook
0: face. page because yes. there are pictures of Nicholas. And if you are near a computer, you can go to restorationranch dot org and follow along right now. But I also mm-hmm. encourage you to go to their Facebook page mm-hmm. because the pictures speak louder yeah. than words.
3: Yes. And he and he has a very special way of connecting with children and connecting with those who maybe um, suffer from or afflicted with Asperger's or some type of syndrome where he automatically picks that up and almost draws them to him like a magnet. And he is a great ambassador for what we do. And um, so that's really where the the participants become part of only our outreach team, but they become part of the family. And uh, so and that's the really cool thing about this, that if you don't necessarily ride or if horses aren't your thing in the sense that you wake up every day, you know, thinking about them and, you know, having just this passion for them, like, you know, me and Beth and others, um, then that's okay. We have other stuff that's available as well and things for their family
1: members as well. Hey, has there been any uh, veteran service organizations the re? reached out to you to want to partner, you know, to maybe bring their membership in or maybe help mentor the younger, the older vets, or uh, has, has there been any connection with the veteran service? Yes. We
3: have involvement with the um, VFW American Legion. Um, we have a couple of other local veteran organizations, Lost Pines, uh, Leathernecks. These are all um, veteran oriented organizations that we do have partnerships with. They either, we either attend, their fundraisers are they attend hours. We'll always send each other participants depending on what that person may be looking for. There's motorcycle clubs here locally, car clubs, same thing that sponsor us, and then we go to their events and let people know what we do. So, yes, we, we get quite a few referrals through all of those organizations. Um, there are also mental health organizations as well that we work with that refer us and we put on uh, workshops that are centered strictly around what they're looking for, what are their tenants for success. Mm-hmm. and then we really become the facility and the conduit for them to find that success. So that's really what, you know, we we, we do and as we move forward that's how we will continue to grow as those continued um connections and sponsorships and things like that.
0: I feel like I have to bring this up because Kane Harvey and you fostered some horses during that event. Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, we sure did. We um, we we did a number of things during Hurricane Harvey because, thankfully, we were far enough inland. While we got um, a heck of a lot of rain, um, we didn't have the flooding situation that others did. So mm-hmm. we were able to take a few horses into the ranch and uh, hold on to them and help get them, nurse them back to health while their owners uh, got back on their feet. In addition, we were able to fundraise and collect um, quite a, a whole truckload of hay that um, we've been able to furnish to um, the hurricane evacuation centers where the horses were evacuated en masse. We took supplies and um, and hay and all types of um, supplies and things to the evacuation centers to to furnish the people who were caring for the horses there, in addition, Derek, you want to talk about the the veteran team that you put together to take down.
3: Yeah, so we put together members um, that have been with our program for a little over a year, and I thought it was a great opportunity to not only for them to go out and um, help give back, but also just to realize what it's like when you go through a natural disaster like this. Because typically you see the coverage, and everyone's adrenaline's pumping, and people drive to Houston, or they drive wherever, and they want to help. but. Mm We know with having the experience of these types of situations that really the help comes three weeks, a month, two months later. Later. When everyone's gone back to their lives and these horses still need a place um, to go, they still need to be fed, there's still got to be somebody to help out with that. So we went up to the uh, race um, horse racetrack in Houston and helped out an organization there that still had about 25 horses that were displaced. In the situations like those, the people want their horses back, but they have nothing, you know – anymore you know the, the the farm or the house or the barn has been washed away or is destroyed and so they'd love to take their horse back but they just physically can't so they've got to go somewhere and be taken care of in the meantime when those people get their lives back in order so we put our veterans uh, on it And as you know you know we're we're pretty good at you know that type of situation where we are able <laughs> to think on our feet and, and execute so we went up there with you know about three thousand pounds of hay and feed and wheelbarrows and we just spent the weekend helping them out and giving um those guys that were up there were you know, pretty much getting two or three hours of sleep at night because they had twenty something horses and half of them had injuries that had to be treated in the middle of the night and all the things that go along with that. So it was pretty awesome to be able to go up there and, and then see that firsthand. And it was eye opening for them too, because the horses here get world class care. And right. so it's eye opening when they realize that not everybody cares for the horses the same or horses that have been through so much what they look like, you know, when they go through, you know, a, you know, a flood or have been without food for a week or whatever.
0: Traumatized. Right.
3: Exactly. And so that really, um, was opening to them in a good way to, to feel good about not only what they did, but also what we're doing here to take care of some of our, our guys that have been through a whole lot before we got them. And now they're able to give back and, it's very, like I said, there are so many similarities between you know, a veteran and, and horses who've experienced some type of trauma. It's almost uncanny.
0: Well, that's what makes the match so fascinating because mm-hmm. that's what makes it so compassionate between the two. Often, but w- the veterans that went to help with uh, Hurricane Harvey, w- what did they say afterward? What was the overall feeling?
3: Oh, uh, they were a little tired because it uh, gave <laughs> okay. them. A really good idea of what it takes to care for just one horse all day every day but take 25 of them and then some of them need you know two or three hours worth of care every day to to you know um, change and dress out wounds or medications or whatever it may be and then they've got to get out of their stalls because they're all you know in their 20 22 hours a day so you've got to hand walk 25 horses and you know there's just all these things that they're like my goodness this is a lot of work and not a bad thing um, it, to learn, it, it, is it? Not, not, not at all. But it really made them appreciate, um, you know, also the situation for the horse yeah. because, in some ways, right. they're completely helpless to how we help them. So, and we've got our to, final
0: break coming up. Sorry to cool. break into That's you. Right. We'll be Back and talk further about this right after these messages. Be right back. We're Mill Resource Radio, and we'll be back after these short messages. Are you a dynamic woman? Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of Dynamic Women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at DynamicWomenTalkRadio.com, celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. Welcome back, and thank you for sharing that heartwarming tale about getting veterans to help with abandoned or displaced horses and, and the purpose that it provided. I, I'm just curious, what are the programs that you're working on now and what are that you'd like to be working on or, or planning on working on in the future at Restoration Ranch? Let's start with uh, Beth. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, what's really... Um, been our focus over the last year year and a half is building infrastructure at the ranch getting a air conditioning cool classroom where we can conduct workshops um you know having a big industrial kitchen where we can do demonstrations and uh, building a covered arena and things like that where we can do uh programming basically 24 7. Mm-hmm. so in terms of the future, what we see is uh, Restoration Ranch becoming really a hub for um, for skills-based learning, and you know, becoming um, that place where you can go not just learn about um, horses and about horsemanship, but you know, start offering a whole series of coursework, whether it's um, leather work or organic gardening or, um, you know, we'll be um, looking at a curriculum that we can offer that really leverages the sustainable nature of the ranch and the way that we embrace um uh, sustainable energy from rainwater collection systems to solar energy and really looking at ag programs that we can mm-hmm. offer in addition to horsemanship. So, you know, our vision for the future is really now that we have infrastructure in place to really look at a, a more robust curriculum of many ways for people to get involved. It's it's interesting because um, a recent studies here in Texas have shown that excuse me, rural veterans are probably one of the most underserved right. groups. And here we are, a ranch in the middle of a rural county. And what better place to host events and learning opportunities than right there within a rural community? We draw from you know, as far north as Fort Hood and Killeen to as far south as Fort Sam Houston and Randall Air Force Base in San Antonio and all points in between, between Camp Mabry, Camp Swift. We've got Mm a plethora of Army bases in Central Texas and we are the second largest state um, for, for veterans. So as we begin to create this learning center, uh, for veteran programming, it's something that we'd really like to uh, replicate, you know, some of the programs in other areas as well, just to extend our outreach.
0: Mm. Derek?
3: What I see moving forward is really this becoming a world-class facility for learning. And we have so many different opportunities as we move forward for People to come here and learn all kinds of different skills and crafts, whether it may be putting on a farrier school or equine massage school or osteopath school. We have made these tremendous um, connections with um, a lot of professionals within the horse communities that that would be just a part of them giving back as well as teaching veterans skills that they could actually go and feed their family, so to speak, if they wanted to make a career change or found something they were very passionate about. But not only that we become a premier center for these types of things these clinical studies and you know a part of the heart math heart math Institute and um, you know doing more equi- equine assisted therapies and having the VA and other organizations involved to come in and really see the differences that we're making and give the veterans alternatives and there's you know the the VA like any big government organizations like a big ship it takes a long time to turn in any mm-hmm. direction and but we're, we're starting to make that turn a little bit, and they're starting <clears throat> to refer alternative therapies and things like that. And that's a really great thing to see because we know that they're starting to take notice on what we're doing. And that's what I see us being is that when you hear our name, you know that's the place to come to to learn more about what's out there. And really, we started this all through the gift of the horse, and mm-hmm. they've really given us that platform and opportunity to provide all these other
1: Really, really special um, and unique experiences. As you change this more into a learning environment and a learn a place to go learn, are you thinking that it'll be a place where uh, veterans can use their GI Bill, or is it going to be continued to be? Yes, we
3: we we are we are scoping that. You know, of you know, eventually maybe having a trade school or that type of um, you know recognition or certification, um, so that. People could come here and use their GI Bill to, you know, go to a farrier school or, you know, even even if something we have the facilities where they could learn how to weld or whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. um, they could learn some real trades that give them a sense of purpose again. Because some of them come out and they start working at a, you know, a a place like a FedEx or somewhere like that just to get started and it's not really truly – you know, um, ex- giving them something to wake up to every day. So for them to come out and go, wow, y'all offer this or you offer that, and I can use my GA bill to learn some skills in an environment that's very conducive for learning, um, you know, that that's where we see ourselves going um, moving forward.
2: Yeah. now you're seeing I think
3: there's
1: – oh, please go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. That's just um, – I was going to say I just want to make you all aware that – We provide all of our programs and services at this time free of charge to veterans and their family members. That's why we have uh, business sponsors and donors who are, you know, funding our nonprofit so that we can provide our current programs and service on that basis. So as we grow uh, obviously the infrastructure then becomes on the personnel side of thing in terms of you know the administrative staff and the professors and you know the 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 people who are going to help us get those certifications that we can offer skills based training so right. um you know, it's a it's, process. It, it is right. a process, but um, uh, but it's certainly where where we're headed because we have so many people who are wanting to be a part of this and to um, pay what they've learned forward by um, by teaching veterans and their families. You know some of these amazing skills. Derek.
3: <laughs> yes. So to uh, reiterate, um, I think that. Right now as you as we move forward, we do provide all of these wonderful things for guys to come out and do with them not having to worry about having to pay a dime. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really great thing because most of everything that you do in the world, even and I don't know of any inexpensive hobby, so this does become <laughs> a hobby for a lot of people. So right. it's the fact that they can come out and work with horses and play with horses and do all those kinds of things. And they don't have to worry about buying their own gear and buying their own stuff and everything else. And I think it's, it it is a great thing. And and moving forward as we grow our infrastructure, you know, we'll, we'll continue to make it as um, cost free to the veteran as possible. But um, I'm just really excited moving forward because we have the opportunity to do something that's really like anything that's out there. And um, you know, I just go back to, the fact that the land and the horses are
1: providing a, an opportunity for us to do that.
0: Last,
1: yeah that, yeah, that was going to follow up with the. That was what was my question with the GI Bill because you're you're teaching uh, skills right. that that can then lead to a job instead of you know it, not every not everybody is uh, is a four year university student. There, that right. four year college student. We, these are skills. It, you know, our troopers, you were in, you. know, you no, I've served, we, we know a lot of the troopers just want to get out and mm-hmm. get that hands-on job or go to the ranch or, you know, be that mechanic, be that welder. I mean, there's millions of jobs out there for that. So this is, And skill. that's the
3: great thing is, you know, the way that we're going culturally is that, you know, that's okay if you don't want to go out and get a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. There's 6.5-something million jobs right now that are a void that aren't going to be filled anytime soon that are all skillsmen, trades, you know, right. type jobs that Masters, you can make a very right. lucrative career at. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have a four year degree. And so for us to provide opportunities like that or bring awareness in that that area as well um, is something that is just a part of our education part, which is very um, a big pillar of what we do is educating people um, and educating, mm-hmm. you know, the community of, of what we can offer or what's out there.
1: Yeah.
2: And and when you look well, uh, at uh, that, I'm top, very
1: excited to see that happen. Yeah
2: the top three needs of any, you know, veteran community are jobs, childcare and transportation. Mm-hmm. Now if you solve the jobs issue, then the other two are going to take care of themselves.
0: Right. You know,
2: so that's why we're really focusing on education and training, skills-based um training to, you know, so that they leave uh, restoration ranch with something that they can use. Um
0: I think what I hear, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I hear is you give them back themselves, you bring together families, you open communication, you build trust again, and it gives a brighter future than if you are isolated and not able to work through your issues, because the problem that we have right now is that many veterans do not know where to go to get help. So just to be very clear, who do you serve? Are there eligibility needs that must be met to participate at Restoration Ranch? Uh, Yeah, you need
2: a, um, you know, you need to be a veteran. Uh, We we collect DD-214s, and then for the Spouses and the children will collect, you know, some sort of form of, you know, dependent, dependent status, right. mm-hmm. a marriage certificate or a birth certificate or something like that. You know, it can be your VA card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be a DD-214, but mm-hmm. some sort of proof of veteran status and um, some sort of proof of dependency uh, for this uh, for the spouse and the children. OK, fair enough. Less.
1: Um, I'll tell you, this is, I, I'm looking so forward to seeing how your progress goes with the learning, and I'm so happy that not only have you reached out to veterans, but their families, because that's a, another, you know, underserved, and a lot of people only think about the veterans instead mm-hmm. of the families. So, ha- is there a percentage that you have based on veteran or family members, or is it calculated that yet? Like, you, got, you have more veterans than you do family members at this point? Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. I, Derek, I don't know. We'd probably be 70-30, uh, something like that, 70% veteran, 30% family member.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it's a three-to-one ratio. Typically, we'll have three vets to every you know vet who's got a family or you know, a spouse that want to get involved.
0: Well, I'm particularly fascinated by the way that you have collaborated with everyone around you, that this is a much bigger enterprise even from its very inception, but now there's also – when people are coming to you and referring people to you, if the VA is referring for alternative therapies, these are all enormous steps that, as you said, the ship moves very slowly, but it does eventually turn. And these are good signs in our veteran community. I want to make sure that people know where to find you. And your URL is restorationranch.org. And we are so pleased that you have shared on, what you hope to achieve in the future, and thank you for sharing this amazing resource with our listeners today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having us, Linda. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, and I think there's just something about the combination of horses and service and purpose that you're bringing together all for our military and veteran community and their families. And we thank you very much for that. We will be back with more organizations and talking to you about what is going on that you need to know about. Thank you for listening today, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Mill Resource Radio. For more information, go to millresourceradio.com.